Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. Everyone out there, we thank you as always for listening. We are here pre UFC 291, pre Spence Crawford, probably the best boxing match of the year, you'd say, right, Ty? Of the year, could be one of the most hyped boxing matches in the last 10 years in welterweight history, <clears throat> at least since, you know, Hagler Hearns or Mayweather Pacquiao, even though that was a little too late. I think this fight's a little too late, like five years ish. Uh, Crawford's 35, Spence's 33, <clears throat> but it's here, uh, finally, it's not too late, but, um, yeah, huge weekend for, uh, combat sports. We never seem to get these fights in their prime and, uh, never. when we, you know, or, you know, in theory, their prime, these guys are still two very highly talented, highly respected, highly hyped, uh, fighters. So excited for that. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by that man over there. That's Ty Capone. You can't see him, and neither can I, but he is out there, and he is talking to everyone. We are going to start with 291, Ty. Uh, we've been talking about this card for a little bit. We were, This is a, quite a uh, an event, an exciting event, just with the main event, let alone that, that fight can happen anytime, anywhere, any place, and you'll have me as a fan watching. I mean, this is easily, uh, like, probably the most ex- one of the most exciting just off of the action that's going to happen fights that you can make in UFC because there's just no way I I'll I would seriously bet my house that there's no way this is going to be not exciting right I mean that's just like yeah. one of the, it's one of them fucking bangers man it's one of those main event co-main like there's been often times where <clears throat> we have a co-main event that's like you know uh, a flyweight title fight or a woman's title fight that you know you're going to see a Valentino or Figueredo or Demetrius Johnson or Amanda Nunes but maybe the opponent isn't that great or maybe the matchup's not that great stylistically but man it's it's really hard to be a main event co-main duo like Dustin Justin 2 and then Jan Blahovich Alex Pereira like that's that's gonna be tough to beat you know what I mean uh when it comes to excitingness excitedness excitingness um just violence really I mean you know you got Dustin and Justin at 155 and you got Jan and Alex at 205 very different sized people but there's gonna be blood regardless we have a rematch in the main event. I think it was like about five years ago. Um, I guess we should just get get on right into it. Um, yeah, they both fought, what, five, five and a half years ago. They're both 34. They both have lost recently. Um, the, the, I think they're both one-on-one in the last two. They both lost to Charles. Yeah. So I don't, it's hard to take, it's hard to take you know, that much away. Dustin went to, I believe, the third with Charles. Yes. Um, but, you know... If you're not if you're not on his level as a grappler, which nobody really is, he's going to get you out of there. So I don't hold that against either of them. This is at elevation, which I don't love uh, as a whole for the card. I mean, you're going to see you know you're going to see Derek Lewis and Claudio Ribeiro at, at, at elevation. It's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of gassing, a lot of gassing card, out on this card for sure. But Kevin Holland, you know, uh, a lot of stunt pullers. So uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, she goes past one round, she's cooked. So, um. I don't love that. That's at any elevation, by the way. Uh, that's not even with the whole Salt Lake City element involved. 
funny enough, I have seen a lot of people training in the mountains and training at elevation. I think um, Michelle Pereira has been run, he, he was running with the army. Like they were doing a bunch of crazy shit. I think um, I don't know if it was I have it somewhere written down. I'm not, I think it was Salvador, a guy that who has always been a gasser. Pretty much, he's first rounder bus. He's been training in the mountains, so I don't know where exactly, but either way, I mean, it seems like everybody's prepping well for this. I mean, uh, we'll see if anybody misses weight. I think we've had a couple events in a row where not really many people, it seems like not many people have been missing weight lately in the UFC. I don't know if anybody's talking about that. I've noticed it. There's only been like one or so, two in the last like month or so that I think maybe awesome. one that had to pull out. I, I, I forget which uh, fighter that was or what car yes. it was, but there was somebody that had well. to pull out. But so, uh, yeah, you're right. Other than that, it's been kind of a clean sort of uh, bill of health, you would say. Yeah, I love that. Um, and yeah, uh, this card starts at six thirty. <clears throat> That's not bad. I mean, the first fight is Priscilla Cachoeira and Miranda Maverick. Thank God, right? So we all get to reset our clocks to seven, pretty much when the card starts. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, you I don't know. I mean, they're. We might as well just get right into it, I was going to say. We might as well yeah. start right at the top. Dustin Poirier, like Let's you said, it. Justin Gaethje, uh, two highly, highly ranked guys in the uh, UFC. You'd say probably the winner of this gets the next title shot. I mean, that's definitely an argument to be had there. It's going to be Charles and Islam next. And then after that, it's these two. It's number two, Dustin Poirier, and number three, Justin Gaethje. So what do the odds tell you? We have Poirier is a... Not a big favor, but somewhat uh, considerable at minus 160, 155, 150 on some of these books to Justin Gaethje's plus 125 uh, pretty much across the board. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know really. I, I My lean, my instinct lean is Dustin Poirier. But that fight, that first one was very close. And although, you know, he Gaethje wound up getting finished, it's because he got hit with an absolute nuke. Uh, you know, towards the later end, he had taken a lot of damage leading up to that. Both had. I mean, Poirier was hurt at multiple times during that fight. If you have not watched that fight, you should go back and watch it. It was uh, during my early days of being a hardcore fan. It was one of the things where I'm just like, wow, like this is why. Now I like I get why people love this shit because it's, you know, from the outside looking in, you don't really at that time nobody really knew who you know a Dustin Poirier or a Justin Gaethje was uh, uh, is the mainstream. That was a fight night. Exactly, and that's a fight night, and, the, and, and you're getting and a banger like that. Yeah, the feature that was Izzy and Vittori. Exactly, like you had Alex Oliveira and Carlos Condit ahead of Izzy and Vittori. One um, big car. I mean, not you know, you had your uh, Luke Sand, cool hand Luke Sanders's of the world, and Patrick no. Williams. I think no that's Chicago Bulls forward. Um, you know, guy, Dan, but, Gilbert yeah. Bur <laughs> Gilbert Burns was buried on the prelim. So yeah, I mean, this was so long ago, but also um, I feel like you know. Sometimes when you see uh, guys run it back in the UFC or in boxing, not, not boxing's immediate rematches uh, most of the time, but in MMA, <clears throat> when you see them running back, it's like six, seven, eight, nine, ten years after the first fight. You're like, ah, you know, I don't know what I'm getting. One of these fighters is cooked. One of them isn't. Uh, one of them has been through this. One of them hasn't. So this is kind of fresh-ish, right? Um, I don't think neither of them are watched yet. I think this is this is a huge huge, huge fight for both of them. I mean, this could be like a legacy fight. It could be a career-defining fight. Um, they're both, you know, I guess if you lose, you're, you're pretty much fucked. I'm not, not necessarily fucked, but you don't get pushed to the very back, but <clears throat> you definitely have to wait a little bit. You know what I mean? You definitely are going to have to fight a Fazeev, Gamrot winner. You might not uh, get that, that title shot, though, by the time all this is yeah, said. Yeah, it might done. be done. Like, yeah. 
uh, and you win, you're, you're right there, you call the shots. Both guys can pretty much do what they want. They've avoided fighting, you know, the Fazeevs and the Sarukians. Well, I think uh, uh, Justin did fight Fazeev, so. Yeah. But some of them have been, you know, kind of just been sitting around. Dustin does it a lot. He's just been sitting around waiting, calling the shots, because you kind of can after a certain amount of years. So Be Conor McGregor um, twice, so you can pretty yeah. much do whatever you want after that. So this is big, man. It's just really big, and I, 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 I don't know if either guy has really separated themselves over the last over the last five and a half years. I think <clears throat> this is just two of the best lightweights ever. I mean, Gaethje has the highest striking accuracy in lightweight history. I think Dustin has the most knockdowns and knockouts in lightweight history, the most fight of the nights in UFC history. And the first fight was good, man. He was winning the first fight, I think, kind of easily the first two rounds, and then he got rocked in the third. And then he finished him off in the beginning of the fourth, uh, made, made Justin do the, uh, the stanky leg. Yeah. But, I mean, look, if you look at the volume, if you look at the output of both guys in that fight, it was like, I think it was like one. Yeah, 174 to 115 for Dustin. I mean, that's just an insane, insane amount of volume. I mean, they're, they're throwing 100 strikes each round. They're landing 40, 50 strikes each round. Pretty, pretty good percentage, too, around 50% each way. Um, it was Dustin that was shooting for takedowns in the first fight. He couldn't get them. And Justin was chipping away at his legs. Something he's going to do again. It's it, the, the good low kicks. Um, they, they both mirror each other in some ways. They're both dogs. They both have good shins. But they both get hit a little bit. I think, obviously, Justin gets hit much more than Dustin. Dustin, I think, has probably some of the best all-around boxing in the UFC. I don't think... We've said that uh, yeah, for a while now. Definitely up there. And Justin, you know, Justin in his later years has become much more tame. He's not as wild. He, he likes to sit back and kind of counterpunch or, you know, just wait. So he's not a, a wild man as he once was. You know, when he fought uh, James Vick, which worked for him, right? When he fought Vick, Barbosa, Cowboy. Um... Just look at the Tony Ferguson fight. You know, he it took him forever to get a finish, and that you know, t- Tony didn't even go down. So, yeah, I, this, this is gonna be a close fight, man. I, I don't know. I think Justin, um, Justin's bigger, but he's not as long as Dustin, so I think that's gonna play a factor. I got Dustin to win, maybe late stoppage, maybe a a, a war of a decision. It's kind of hard for me to really. There's a lot of variables in this fight. I could see. Dustin Poirier getting a takedown too in this fight. Uh, I just don't think that's going to be a big, um, big strategy on either side. So, you know, if it's going to be a war for 25 minutes or less, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Dustin should get it done. I think he's got the better boxing, the better chin. Uh, I don't know if he has more power, but he definitely can string together a lot of power. Um, better, better defensively, I think he's smarter. Um, I know Justin trains at elevation, but I don't think yep. that's going to be a problem for Dustin Poirier. You know what I mean? I, somebody who's going to just gas out after one or two rounds <clears throat> he's a consummate professional one of the best fighters one of the best lightweights ever so it's gonna be a war man it could go either way i'm not gonna bet on it strictly because of that and i kind of want to just sit back and watch the main event as a fan um i'm gonna take dustin poirier like fourth or fifth round knockout yeah i, I could see that too like this this fight is about as evenly matched as you could uh, right down on paper, it's just uh, a razor thin sort of thing. I mean, and obviously Dustin Poirier has that upper hand in the sense that he won. They already fought, and he won that first one. I just, um, you know, a lot of time has cha- has passed since then. Like you said, they're both somewhat different fighters. I think Poirier is more similar to that back then than he. Is. I mean, he hasn't really changed his game that much. He's just kind of gotten better, right? I would say. Uh, and mm-hmm. but you, like you said, Gaethje's kind of 
chilled out a little bit, more of a trying to use his IQ, and you saw that in the Fazeev fight where maybe he was fighting a guy who was quicker than him and maybe had more technical skill, but he was just popping that jab out there, you know, and just kind of doing what he needed to do, fire them leg kicks, and just... I could see a lot of that happening in this fight. I don't, like, I just... Wor- I really do worry about this elevation being a factor. I know... Not necessarily in this fight, but I just think, like, we kind of talked about throughout the card. It's just something that you have to keep your eye on. And I'm going to try and stay away from a lot of these inside-the-distance bets because they kind of have been burning me these last couple weeks, and I I feel like, oh, they're in front of people. It's going to be like – I just – I never know, man. I really just never know. And a couple of these fighters I had last week who I could have had wins, I took inside-the-distance when I could have – I don't know, maybe taking something else or maybe parlayed it with something else, you know, instead of just trying for the inside the distance and going for the plus money the whole time. And I think Poirier is within reach. I don't really like I'm I'm kind of with you. If I was going to bet these are two bets, I like Gaethje. I really do like Gaethje in this fight. Just based off the fact that I think he's just going to be able to it's good. I think this is going to be a case where these guys respect each other a lot, and it's going to be exciting. But it's not. I don't think there's no way they could live up to that output and hype that they had in that first one. So I think it's going to be much more of an older guys fighting where there's like high level chess being played, and we kind of you know you'll have Rogan in here trying to explain how you know these guys good. they're going back and forth and they're this and that, and then DC will be like, oh, watch a takedown, and then we'll be like, oh, man, like we've had to listen to 17 fights of this, but. The fight, the bet I really like, and I think I'm going to take it and just be upset when someone gets finished, fight to go to decision is plus 180. And Interesting. Uh, I just think that, uh, I think this is going to be, you know, this fight was very close to going to decision the first time, and I think it's going to be a different fight this time, and I don't really like this bet, and I think I might regret it, but I'm just going to take it, fight to go to distance, plus 180. All right. We do have a Rogan DC Anik <clears throat> combo for this card. Chael Sonnen is back to the uh, to the the desk with Anthony Smith, Michael Eaves, and Dean Thomas. That's a pretty good staff. Sonnen, Anthony Smith, Dean Thomas, uh, and then you have, of course, our girl Megan O'Leary. Uh, can't have the hardcore conservative Charlie Arno or Arnold, whatever her name yeah, is. Can't can't have her back in there. Have a rough <laughs> I was yeah. I was wondering if you saw saw the same thing I saw, um, where she was talking oh, yeah. about Bronny having a heart attack. Is that what? Is that yeah, what the she's deal like, was? Yeah, she was like, uh, I think we all know what that means. I'm like, oh. Well, then, anyway. then Chael started talking about how people have heart attacks when they're doing EPO. I'm like, oh man, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing here? <laughs> As I sit here, though, I'm kind of disgusted that I just wrote that down on the paper, and I'm reserving the judgment till the end to change my mind. So, you people, that there's yeah. your little uh, tidbit of information, Easter egg, to make sure that you listen towards the end. And uh, yeah, I, that just feels disgusting because I, 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 but I don't know who's gonna win. That's where I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I want to stay away, but I also want to bet something. And I just think that's that when I saw that, I was like, that's that's my number one. Um, yeah, I could see it happen. It, it almost happened in the last fight, but you know, Justin started doing the stanky leg right in the, in the fourth. Uh, you never know if he would have not got hit with that exact exact shot. Maybe it goes on much longer. Who knows? His but, corner was yeah, also telling him in that fight, uh, you know, don't worry about the cards. Go out and finish this guy. You know, so yeah, I don't They're know. Both at a different point in their career, in the thirties, you know, this is kind of 
um, do or die in a way. They're, they're both smarter. They're both, you know, this, this might be their peak, honestly, both of them, which sounds a little crazy. Maybe they're not as athletically gifted um, or as quick, but I don't know, man. This is just, it's, it's, it's going to be a banger. I can not wait. I, I really hope that they time it right, that we, you know, we're, we don't have Spence Crawford at the same time as this. It, it's kind of hard to avoid, I guess. Um, and this starts at 6.30. There's only 12 fights on the card. Maybe one of them. Maybe Priscilla Cachoeira catches a cough and she has to pull out. And you know, I don't yeah. know. It would be nice if this card ended before midnight, but that's obviously probably not going to happen. So, yeah. And do you care about it being for the BMF at all? I, I mean, mean, it, really, it's, I mean, it's, it, it it's, adds a little it, like spice to it, it, but like so what, really? It works with the UFC fans because UFC fans, MMA fans in general, you know, they love little gimmicks, right? You know, you have The Rock come out here and put the belt around Masvidal's waist. They don't care about Dana White saying. This is a one-off. This is never going to happen again. We don't do gimmick fights, which is so funny, considering Mike Jackson was in the UFC. But um, um, also, they were going to have Joe Rogan fight Wesley Snipes. So yeah, yeah. And now Mike's not going to fight Elon Musk. So, yeah, yeah like, talk about well, not doing on. gimmick fights, but um, but you MMA fans don't care about that. They see Masvidal come out. They're going to be you know wired up, um, and then he's going to put the belt, the vacant, <laughs> I guess, the vacant belt around the winners. The winner's um, waist. And then Masvidal and Askren, they're going to run it back. Can't wait for that. Yeah, we'll see if that actually happens. But <laughs> I, I really am truly excited for the main event. That's And, and now what we're going to talk and about. Co-main. And the co-main event. Alex Poetan Pajeda is making his 205-pound debut as he was at t- uh, 185 for his last fight. Obviously get not, got knocked out about three and a half months ago. He's going to get right back yeah. in there against Jan Blahovich, man, which... This is no easy task or a small feat, you know, going up that that quickly, you know, in time for a guy who was the former light heavyweight champion and, you know, who's right there. He probably could be waiting around for his his own light heavyweight title shot now that, you know, that division's always in flux and it's especially in flux now with, you know, the champion tearing his Achilles playing basketball. So there's really not a champion in 205. It's kind of a power <laughs> vacuum. So. Very unlucky division, it seems like. Lately. Yeah, you know, and or just in general, you know, has John Jones dominating for ten years, and then now everybody that is coming up is getting hurt or something. Quick title changes. It's a there's a lot going on there. Johnny, so Johnny Walker, you know, yeah, Valton Walker. You can't forget about him. <laughs> but uh, minus one ten, pretty much across the board. There's some you know variation back and forth, but for that's for Alex Pajeda. Uh, Jan Blahovich is a slight favorite, it seems, on some of these websites. But I swear, man, this is right down the middle for most of these uh, sports books. I like Pajeda here, man. I, 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 it just, I feel like it's not the same as Izzy going up to uh, 185 pounds. The, what I just, the reasons why I wouldn't bet him is that Blahovich is probably going to try and take him down, hold him down. And, you know, just that's going to be his game plan. Uh, the durability is a question now with Pajeda, who's been through a lot of wars in his career, and he kind of got, fl- not kind of, did get flatlined uh, at the end of his last fight, and that was not that long ago. People take much longer off for that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and it's worry- worrisome that he might get hit, like, you know, with a shot that would not have even put him down maybe six months from now, and he goes to sleep again. That's that's a, a big concern, but I just... I think his power is going to – there's going to be too much power for Blahovich, And Blahovich is another guy who does not take a shot well either. So I think I'm going to take um, 
Pajeda money line unless the inside the distance is plus 150. I'll say I'd probably take Pajeda inside the distance, plus 150. Yeah. And, and that's, like it that, seems like it? a sucker bet, but I, I can't let this uh, slide. Yeah, it feels like that's you know he's not going to win this, a decision out here, but I guess I guess it could happen. That it does work. There's again, this is kind of like the main event. I don't really know what to do. It's down the middle. There's some, a lot of variables. He's moving up to his rifle weight class, which I think is going to matter a lot. Maybe it doesn't matter for some. Maybe it doesn't matter matter as much for Euros Medich moving up from 155 to 170, right? That we're going to see early in the card. But for Alex Pereira going from 185 to 205, that is a huge difference. I think it's going to be a huge difference. Uh, with when Errol Spence moves up to 154 as well. That's something we see in, in guys' career as they get older. Canelo, Floyd. I know I'm talking about boxers, but just fighters in general, just fighting in general. Um, uh, and, you know, his, his debut at 185, Andreas Michalides was, was, you know, doing some good things against him. I think that was a sign that he can't make that weight class. I mean, he probably fights at what, 220, 230? Uh, not to say Jan. Yeah, I mean, Jan's probably the same, same weight on fight day. Um, but having that 15 pounds, 20 pounds that you don't have to cut as much, that, that's going to be crucial. But again, man, also get, also it's going to be crucial. He just got knocked out cold three and a half months ago. Like that's, that's a, a quick turnaround, quick, quick turnaround. And then you're turning around and fighting the legendary Polish power, right? And Jan Blachowicz. Don't say that, man. Don't say the that. The legendary man. Polish power. But I will say, who is he really... You know, when has that Polish power really been on display? Like, who has he really knocked out and flatlined? Corey or, Anderson. Know, he knocked it. That's it. Right. Corey Anderson, Dominic Reyes, wow. and Alexander Rockich, who, who I think did his knee blow out in that yes. fight. And also, Rockich held him down pretty easily when he got that takedown. Four and a half minutes of control on the one takedown. How many takedowns does Jan Blachowicz have in his last nine fights, uh, not counting the Izzy fight? I'm not sure. Zero. Uh, how many really? times does he attempt it? How many takedown attempts does he have in that in that span? Zero. One. So it's not oh something he does. God, it's I not something. That. He, it's not. I mean, we didn't see him do it against Izzy until like, what the start, second, third round when he was like, "Fuck, I might have to do this," and he did it, and you know, it worked. But Izzy was moving up to two hundred five. Izzy's small for one eighty five. I should say small for one eighty five. But when he fought at two hundred five, I think he weighed in at like two hundred four or two hundred three, like. Um, he had you know, he's skinny dude. Hand. Had the pizza. He's so, very skinny. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to say he's weak, but you, you, moving up weight classes is, is, is tough, man. Especially when you now you're on your back and you have Jan Blahovich on top of you. You know, but we've seen. You know, that's why I see a lot of people talking about Jan you know, taking down. He's going to wrestle. Fuck him. I'm like, I don't know, man. Alex Pereira has been training with Glover Teixeira for a couple of years now. And, I don't know if that's necessarily going to make him a black belt. I know he's a brown belt now, I think, or maybe I don't know if he's a brown or a white. I forget. I think brown. <laughs> White's when you first start, right? Yeah. Did you see the video of Alex Pajeda wrestling with uh, Glover in the water and he tries to drown him? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a fucking sicko, dude. He's a scary guy. He's also smiling a lot more, which kind of terrifies me. Because um, yeah, he's not hungry. All right. It, well, I don't know if he's not hungry. Uh, Jan, uh um, Glover said he's never physically. seen somebody. I mean, physically. Eat. Like, he, yeah. Oh, he's, uh, okay. no, that's what I meant. Like, no, so the guy's hungry. Will eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's hungry right now. He's gonna keep eating. He's a big boy. Glover's like, yeah, anything I anything I make, he eats. So that's why I love making food for him. Like, that's a cute relationship. I love both of them, honestly. Um, but if there's anybody to to work with to you know shore up your grappling defense or your grappling in general, it's definitely Glover to share it. 
You know, and what do we see when Jan Blahovich fought Glover Teixeira? Insta tap, insta, insta tap. Yeah. Um, Ankalaev and Rockets both held him down very easily. Not to say those guys are bums, but very easily. And one time, what has been a a punch, a shot that has hurt Jan Blahovich multiple times? Left hook. I think Jan Blahovich is going to get knocked out by Alex Pereira. I think it's going to happen early. Um, Jan does have some nasty light kicks, man. It seems like you can't win a light kick battle with him. He has just steel on his shins. But a lot of what he does well, I think, is going to get neutralized. I think he's really going to have to hurt Pereira early and, and, and just get him out of there quick. Or honestly, just do the wrestling, you know, go the wrestling route. But that's easier said than done, man. Alex Pereira is a sniper. He's got good kicks himself. I mean, he's a pro kickboxer, champion. Um, Jan's 40 as well. I, so that's us. You know, I mean, he's an old man. Old. I know Alex isn't young, but you know you're 40. Like the man's 40. I don't know, man. The man's 40, but I just think you know he's. There's a lot of things going right for Alex. The only thing that's not is the recent knockout. And again, I can't discount that at all. I can't no, discredit that's a, it. Yeah. But I, I feel like maybe it gets neutralized by him moving up the weight class. Maybe it's. I don't know if that's naive to think. I, it's. It's hard for me to really exactly quantify these things and how, and how, how to factor them. But I just got to go with my gut, man. I think Alex Pereira is going to put him out with a left hook. And I think once he gets Jan Blahovich hurt, I think that's it. It's a, Jan's not going to panic wrestle, right? So give me Alex Pereira first round knockout. Are you taking that on the card? Yep. I will take into the, um, I will take, I will t- on the card. I'm going to play. I uh, damn, he, it's funny. Cause Jan a couple days ago is like minus minus one thirty, minus one forty. So, Give me Jan. Uh, give me Pereira inside the distance. All right, plus one fifty with the boy. Never know, man. He might get his first sub. That's what I'm worried about. Like that. That he, like you said, he panic he wrestles truly, when we, he gets caught in something where he's not ready for it. Yeah, like, yeah. Or he's turtling up, and Alex is like, "I'm gonna put some hooks in." And I'm like, "Whoa, where did you learn that from? Did you learn that in the river?" Dude, I mean, he tried to kill him. That, that that was insane. I, when I watched that video, I was just cracking up. Like he just grabs his head and dunks him underwater. I'm like, "Holy shit, dude." Uh. No, but I'm with you. Uh, plus 150. It's not enough to go to the plus 170 for the TKO. Uh, TKO. I'll just take my insurance on maybe yeah, they're getting a sub, you know. So, or I might, I might lose anyway. I might as well just. Or disqualification. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson still getting after it, man. We have a lot of old guys in this. It really is uh, a 40 year old gentleman now. He has a two inch reach advantage against Michelle Pajeda, uh, who is. This is easily Michelle Behead's biggest fight, right? I mean, he was supposed to fight Sean Brady. That got canceled. This is uh, a perfect sort of stylistic matchup, you would say. I just, uh, yeah, listen, I don't, I I have never, I'm not saying I'm a hater of Behead, but I've never been like, well, like this guy is a world beater or unstoppable, you know, like I feel like this is a really tough matchup for him to kind of win. Uh, unless he's going to implement some sort of wrestling or takedown, which, I mean, I'm not saying that can't happen, but it's not really something that he tends to go to all that often. Is, am I, I mean, you going to a split decision with Ponzinibbio the last time out, and he did not look good in that fight. It's just Especially late, man. Yeah. That was looking rough late. I mean, the third round, Pons put up a lot of volume on him. And he did take, he didn't take Pons down, but uh, when he fought Nico Price, he took Nico Price down three times. That was all early. When it got to the third round, he couldn't get a takedown. He was getting outstruck badly by Nico Price. And that's that was not too long. That was 2021. That was almost a year ago. And um, 
a little bit more than a year ago or two years. I'm sorry. And uh, Nico prices. I mean, he was, he's cooked now, but he was pretty washed up then too. Um, he got outstruck by chaos Williams at range at distance uh, when they fought. Like, I think he has reeled it in a little bit like that craziness. You know, he's not doing all the, all that insane shit. But how crazy is that um, Michelle Pereira is one KO in the UFC? For all the stunts yeah. that he does, all the craziness, he has one KO. It was against Danny Hotchatha Roberts, who just has a chin made of We rubber. know. I mean, we, we've, and that was go his, listen to last week's episode if you want to hear our actual <laughs> thoughts on Danny Hotchatha Roberts. And that was his first fight. Like, you know, after that, he pulled a massive, one of the biggest stunts ever against Tristan Connolly, who I don't, even, I don't even think he was in the UFC after that fight. Like, you know, big underdog win. And I think he, he fought done. Pat Sabatini after that, and then it was just kind of yeah. nice for coming. No, he's done. Darren Elkins. Um, then he fought Darren Elkins. Now he's in BFL, losing to Xavier Nash. There you go, Kevin Nash's brother. So, um, I I think Michelle Pereira has, has reeled it in. I think he, he is a black belt. Um, I think he, you know he's lower output. He's he's faded late. So I don't really know. I guess he has to wrestle. I guess that could be his uh, his path to victory. But uh, Wonder Boy's takedown defense, like, not awesome, but not awful, right? I think Bilal and Gilbert Burns, I think, kind of skewed grapplers. the numbers a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, they, they skewed the number. Matt Brown, when they fought way back in the day, like I think his numbers are skewed a little bit. Kevin Holland took him down twice, but uh, not for long. And, no. uh, I mean, dude, what, what he did to Kevin Holland was one of his best uh, performances ever. I mean, he was he, – and that was just a couple months ago. Some of those kicks he was throwing really just had some steam behind it. And um, I know he's a nice guy and, and whatnot, but, you know, look at his last couple of fights, his last couple of wins, I should say. 163 significant strikes against Kevin Holland, 171 against Jeff Neal, 138 against Vicente Luque. Like, he's putting that volume out. I just don't know how Michelle Pereira can beat him if he's not taking him down and controlling him. I just think that's a little harder. It's a little easier said than done. <clears throat> Wonderboy has elite movement when he's hit. He has elite movement when he's cornered. You know, he's very smart at getting out of trouble, getting out of the way. He's very uh, cognizant of that. Uh, I just, I kind of wonder if he'll wake up for this fight, right? This is a big, big step down. I mean, you know, you're fighting Kevin Allen, Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, and now you're fighting Michelle Pereira. So it's kind of like, also, I don't think a 40-year-old has beaten somebody 10-plus years younger than him. I, I could be wrong, uh, but I don't think that's ever happened. Got it. So Jim guess, Miller had know, to have gotten that done at some point, man. He's not even forty yet, I don't think. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I think he's, he's like forty in dog years, dude. <laughs> well, so am I, but well, um, I, you know, I just think this is something that Wonder Boy gets done. Um, oh yeah, I know it's, I know it's a kind of closely aligned. Uh, I just, I'm kind of with you. I've never been uh, on the Michelle Pereira bandwagon. I, he's, you know, exciting and crazy, but he's kind of reeled some of that in. And if he's going to be patient. You know, if he's going to be uh, fighting a patient fight against Wonder Boy, there's zero lose. chance you win that. Yeah. Zero chance you win that. So I'm going to go Wonder Boy. I kind of want to take him by decision, but I'm not going to bet on it. He is 40. Michelle Pereira is hell on wheels. So there's a little bit of variance there. I'm going to stay away in that in that sense. Well, you already said it. I'm taking Wonder Boy decision plus 160. Uh, if you look at all of Wonder Boy's last, I mean, the last seven years of his career. He only has one finish, and that's uh, we had to go all the way back to 2016 when he spinning back kicked Johnny Hendricks, and that was kind of I remember that. I don't want to say fluky, but it was insane. You know, the rest of these have been decisions other than him getting finished, and Kev- the Kevin fluke. Holland one, which was kind of just him breaking his hand 
and it still took 20 minutes. This fight's only going to be three rounds. I think Wonderboy beats him up pretty good on the feet, and maybe he tries to implement some wrestling or someone tries to implement some wrestling at some point. But I think Wonderboy controls this, uses his veteran sort of knowledge and skill, and the fact that Michelle Pajeda has not really beaten anybody that I would say is like, wow, like even close to really Wonderboy's level. So I'm yeah. going to go with Wonderboy and still hoping that – I mean – that was, what, eight months ago, the Holland fight, and there was no signs of him being on the other side of the hill or cooked. He lo- he still looked the exact same. So I'm going to hope that he still looks the same when he gets in there on Saturday night. Thompson decision, plus 160. I like it. How about this, baby? El Kukui. It's always good. It's always good when you get to see El Kukui getting back in there uh, against Bobby Green. This is a uh, two wild card people, uh, wild card human beings getting in there to throw down, uh, I, I would say, Excellent matchmaking by the UFC. You got Bobby Green is a big favorite here. Uh, minus 380, 375, 400 on some sports books. Uh, up to uh, Tony Ferguson at plus 310, plus 280. Uh, Ty, I mean, this instantly just screams to me, stay away from. This, uh, this is not a fight that I want to be investing any sort of money in. Bobby Green is coming off of a getting finished by Drew Dober, and that was in December. Uh, you know, before that, the Islam fight, which no one really holds against him, and then the uh, the headbutt, which is that was four what was that three months ago? Yeah, against Jared Gordon. April. So, uh, you know, and Al Kakui, obviously, we are aware of what has happened to him of uh, recent. He has not been the same since that Gaethje fight, and uh, you know, he got flatlined at completely by Michael Chandler. But uh, you know, I think this being a three round fight is going to help him out. You know, he got kind of thrown into a five round fight last time with Nate Diaz. And he did some good stuff, but he didn't look good uh, physically is the big problem here. And he's, you know, really close to 40, but he's, you know, fighting a guy who's also uh, in that age bracket. I guess I'll just ask you what your thoughts are. I don't think I have anything here unless you say something that makes me want to bet it. Um, I'll say I'll say this. Tony Ferguson plus 1,200 sub is very enticing. Wow. I mean, it's a huge number. Um, but, you know, when's the last time he subbed somebody? It was Kevin Lee, so... <laughs> Six years ago, almost. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, even in the Gaethje fight, he was doing well. He hurt Gaethje at the end of the first. Uh, he was doing pretty well against Nate Diaz. I think he won the first round against Michael Chandler, if I, he if did. I remember correctly. I, I don't know if the judges thought so, but I definitely thought so. Yeah, so I don't want to say that, that was a fluky finish. I mean, Chandler will never win a fight like that again. Ferguson will never lose like that again. Just a perfect storm, right? Yeah. And man, it's it's hard it's hard to get behind him. You know, I think he's he is well past. I don't think there's any you know coming back from the surgeries, the the wars that he's been in, and he's never been the smartest guy, right? Uh, even fighting stuff, and he's picking up sand and throwing at people, and it's like, all right, yeah, that's that's some cool showmanship, I guess. But uh, you know, when we haven't seen him win a fight since 2019 against a washed cowboy. Um, and he won, I think, Cowboy's eye was fucked, just like Anthony Pettis' hand was fucked when, when he beat him. Um, so it's, it's just been a while, man, and I really want to take him here against Bobby Green. I just can't. I mean, the fight's going to stay standing for a while, or at least for the beginning part of it. Bobby Green's not young either, right? And he's also had some rough luck as of late, but he should, he should destroy him on the, on the, on the feet. As, as long as this fight is standing, he should be winning easily. I don't know if he could hurt or finish him. I, I don't see why he couldn't. At this stage of Tony's career, right? Um, 
I don't know. I just worry about Bobby Green. He's not necessarily smart either. He's made a lot of mistakes in his career. Um, I think I'm gonna. I would take him. I'm gonna stay away betting wise. I don't. I, there's two guys who make critical mistakes. They're both at the end of their career. Right? Bobby's 36, so I'm gonna stay away. I'm gonna go Bobby by decision. Um, I think this could be a kind of a sad, boring, not good fight. I think you could see Tony do some of that. Minari rolling that just doesn't work or throwing stuff up from his back. I mean, I could see Bobby taking him down and, and getting on top of him and getting some top control. Probably not what he should do, but uh, it's definitely something that, that that could happen. I'm trying to look at some of his wrestling. He doesn't get he doesn't go for it much, but he does get 1.28 per 15. Um, he hasn't really went. I mean, last time he, he took Tiago Moises down a couple times, so I don't think he's necessarily scared. Um yeah, I, I think he should win this fight easily. Uh, I think Tony's just done, pretty much. And this fight is at 55? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I would say I, the only thing that stops me from maybe trying to fire a little green prop is that, you know, I, I don't trust him to not get caught, like you said, get caught in a sub or, like you said, take him down. And then, like, Tony Ferguson, the best he's looked of recent was in that Chandler fight in that first round because he got taken down. He was chipping him up on the feet. He, I believe he hit him with either a straight right or it might have been a jab that kind of just wobbled Chandler where you were like, what What the fuck was that? Like, how, how did he get hurt like that? And then he gets taken down and he's getting – he's really just kind of trying to rest there. And, and Ferguson wasn't letting him rest. And he wasn't really, you know – letting him do shit. So it's the only fights that Chandler, or I'm sorry, Ferguson has struggled in really was the Oliveira and Darius fights. Two guys who are extreme superior grapplers at this stage of their careers. I don't see that happening in the, in Bobby green. I think the factor would be maybe Ferguson looks even worse than he was the last time out. And yeah. Bobby Green's speed might play a factor, but I really, I, I, I would love to take. I'm not going to take it on here, but I would love to take some Ferguson prop of some sort because I think the the money is not right on this. I know Bobby Green should be the favorite, but I think he's too much of a favorite in this because he's not that yeah. kind of guy that should be a minus four hundred favorite against anyone. And Ferguson, I don't. Although he is cooked, I mean Bobby Green. If if he's cooked, then Bobby Green's like sitting next to the stove, like ready to be put in. So like that's <laughs> that's my only concern here, and uh, that's why I'm staying away. But I think uh, you know I, I just don't I don't like either. I don't really don't like either side. I don't trust either side, so I'm staying away completely. How I'm about uh, Michael Chiesa, the Maverick? Is that is that his uh, what he's calling himself? Still to this Dallas day, Maverick. Uh, he's fighting Kevin Holland. This is going to be interesting in the sense that Holland notoriously has a suspect grappling game, right? I mean, he's went and trained in Dagestan at some point. He was training with DC. He's tried to work on different elements of his, uh, you know, grappling, jujitsu, all that sort. And Michael Chiesa is strictly, pretty much, primarily a grappler. And the last time we saw uh, Chiesa out there was against Sean Brady, who. I'd say he comported himself better than uh, we, we thought he was going to, right? I mean, he was kind of yeah. boxing with Brady at a certain point, and then he was getting taken down, which, you know, Brady's just a big, powerful uh, grappler kind of guy. But you could argue he's kind of the one who not only, not really exposed, but kind of shed some light on 
there's some holes in uh, Sean Brady's game. So, yep. uh, you know, I think Chiesa is uh, really underrated in the, the sense, in the whole grand scheme of things. I just don't know if the physical element of this, which is going to be Holland's speed and his length, I think he's going to have a big advantage on, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I really didn't look at it, but I mean, Holland, yeah, he's going to have a six, five and a half, six inch reach advantage to, you know, a two inch height advantage. Case is going to have to get in there and grapple him. Otherwise, it's going to be a long night out there. And I, I think, I think he could Holland could hurt Case and get him out of there. Yeah, and I think I I saw that Holland was trying to push to make this uh, at one eighty five, which is interesting, very interesting. I guess maybe he's having a hard weight cut. Um, I mean, yeah, he, it stays standing. He's going to win if it goes to the ground. He's not. I think it's kind of that simple. Case has that nasty body lock, nasty body triangle. I think he has what sixteen wins, thirteen of them. Let's see. 16 wins, 10 are by sub. So, yeah, uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't gotten sub in a little bit. I think the last time he did was against Carlos Condit. Yeah, Carlos Condit. Before, but Darius, Jim Miller, um, you know, choking those guys out. Even I Quinta way back in the day. And then when he was on the, the Ultimate Fighter, he was knocking James Vick out. Um, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Um Mama's boy Mike Chiesa has been off for two years. I think that could be a factor. He says he's, he feels the best he's ever felt. They always say he's that. He's 35. Now. Yeah, they always say that. He's 35 now. I think Tony Ferguson said that. I think Derek Lewis <laughs> said that. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I have. I don't listen to pretty much anything what the fighters say anymore. Uh, especially I, as they get old, yeah. Um, Kevin Hall, though, the 50% takedown defense. Against bigger guys, though, like I think that is a factor that you have to include. He was fighting at eighty-five, and those the units that were taking him down are a little different than what he's going to deal with. Yeah, yeah even though Chase means... is good, but I mean, yeah, you, then you start naming the game names, and you're like, oh, well, you know, what about this guy? What about you know, what about Alex this guy? Oliveira, Kyle Dawkins, Marvin Vittori had eleven takedowns. Eric Brunson had six. Um, I the difference that. here is Chiesa is just so low volume, like. He lands less than two uh, significant strikes per minute. Uh, he's got a good, decent ratio, but his accuracy isn't great. Like this is—I don't know. I—I uh, <laughs> I think I might have to stay away from this fight too, just because I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, I, I kind of want to take Michael Chiesa, but or by, by sub. And um, yeah, uh, I think I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to take Michael Chiesa to win by sub. There's just a glaring weakness in Kevin Holland's game that has never, never been short of, never been patched up. I know he's fought tough guys, and, but he, he does that to himself. He does a lot of this, a lot of these things to himself. He has a plus three seventy five by sub. I kind of like that. I think honestly, Kevin Holland could also for you, sir. Could I think Kevin Holland could get a sub? Like he, you know, we saw um, he has a get darst recently, um, and we saw Kevin Holland darst Tim Means right. So it's. Uh, Kevin Holland's issues are defensively. I don't think he has any issues offensively. Yeah. I don't think he has any issues as an athlete, such a supreme athlete. But um, I just, I, I, I really, really can't trust him. And um, you know, the Ponsonby fight was pretty good, but even then, he was—it took him a while to, to to do what he should have done. I got Kiesa by sub. I might regret it. I might. I don't know. It's just a tough fight to get a hold of. I think Kiesa knows what he has to do and is going to go for it. Is is the the thing here? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I just worry that the I just worry about that whole height and reach advantage. And I know Case has probably fought guys who are bigger, and he'll have more than likely no trouble getting 
in on a takedown and getting him down and like you said, getting that back triangle. I I don't I don't think that that will really be an issue for him. Uh, you know, if he gets in there, I just worry if if about him actually getting in on the takedown. And I think that's I think I'm going to take Holland. I think I'm going to take Holland inside the distance, and just I just think that he's going to catch him. And Kiesa is a guy who, and you know, when he's fighting a guy who actually knows how to strike, doesn't seem like he likes you know getting. He hasn't been TKO'd though. He's gotten submitted a lot. It seems he's got four submission losses. He's only been TKO'd once, and that was I believe a long time ago. I don't remember. I think yeah. Who is this? Uh, Kiesa, he's only got, I think his only TKO loss was to Joe Lozon back in 2014. So oh, I'm actually going to stay away. I don't, I yeah, don't like Darsh by Mazadol. Funny enough. Yeah, that's Love insane. That. Uh, and I think he could get submitted in this, like you said. I'm just going to stay away. I don't, um, I don't like it. And I even wrote it down on the wrong side. So that gives me the right to scrub it out. Anyway, um, so. actually, scratch, scratch that Kiesa bet. I'm scratching it. Wow, really? No sub. Great scratch. I'm just, I, there's, I, do I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I don't like anything involved with that. <laughs> and I kind of want to root for Kevin. Case is know? a tough guy to bet and root for, man. I, yeah. I had him um, when he fought. Uh, Kevin was Lee it, was it Neil Magny? That was the main event at Abu Dhabi card, right? Yes, yeah, and that was like a afternoon on a Wednesday. That's right. I remember oh, that. Man. Yeah, I was that I was, was rooting for him, and that was boring as shit. That was one of the most boring fights I ever watched, and it was just Kiesa takedown, takedown, and that could happen in this yeah. fight. But I, I'm just staying away. And we now move on to the prelim element of this. Uh, here we discussion. go, baby. So here's the bet. Is it? This is your bet here's right here. We, this is here's where we wake up. Let's go, Trevin Giles. Oh, woo, woohoo! <laughs> All right, Trevin Giles, Gabriel Bonfim. Uh, I believe Bonfim is a big favorite in this. He, am I right or is this? Yeah, minus yep. three thirty uh, on most of these uh, cards. Some some three fifties to Trevin Giles is plus two seventy two sixty. The last time, uh, but the Bonfim brothers fought on the same day. Isn't that isn't that what happened? Now now the other Bonfim brother has taken a loss since then, and this guy mounted guillotine Munir Laziz like it was nothing. That was nice. I mean, he walked walked through him. He has. A lot of finishes on his record. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. All of his fights have ended by finish. 11 submissions, 3 TKO slash KO finishes. Uh, Trevin Giles, now, you know, he's a guy who kind of likes to get into these boring sort of wrestling affairs. And this seems like a setup, if you ask me, man. And I don't know. Usually setups don't always go the way they want them to go, right? I mean, they, they, Julius Dolyarenko. Yeah, you know, exactly. They kind of try to lay them up sometimes, and the person missed, you know, they throw the alley oop, and the person misses it. They fumble it, they dunk it off the back. Uh, yeah, you know, shit happens. I'm going to go Bonfim here. I think this is an easy bet, but it just depends on uh, what the number you can get. I mean, Bonfim is minus 200 uh, on the inside the distance, so you have to pick one. It's either TKO or it's submission, and the submission is plus 110. You can get it at 140 on some of these. I'm probably going to bet that submission at plus 140. As well. Yeah, I think I uh that's that's my pick here. I think he's he's um I think he's just better. Honestly, I think Giles has a pretty good jab. Uh, I think he can box a little bit, but it's slow output. Remember that uh Lewis Koske fight? That was so fucking and He should have walked through him and and that took way too that was just way too boring, way too long. I know he's the vet, he has the experience here, you know, he he beat Roman Delize. Uh, that was a very good performance from him. When he beat James Cross, it was a pretty good performance back then. Um, Yanni the Greek? I just, um, 
My bad. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, I think he has suspect cardio. We saw that in the Preston's Pars- Preston Parsons fight. Um, we've seen it in all, a lot of his fights, right? In the GM three fight, he pretty much was just let him let him let him have it. Same as Zach Cummings. Um, defensive issues. He can be hurt. He can be taken down. Uh, he got dropped by Michael Morales. He got dropped by Drickus. He got dropped by Zach Cummings before he got submitted. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I, I trust him. I, I don't trust him at all. I trust him zero. Um, maybe the odds makers are jumping the gun here with Bonfim. Maybe. Um, I don't know if Manir Laziz is, you know, uh, a world beater or anything, but he's long. He's tall. He's, uh, he's big for this weight class. And uh, Bonfim did what he had to do against. Same thing with Trey Waters. Trey Waters, again, he's not great or anything, but he's 6'5, 77 inch reach. Right, he von he von Fluchoked him. So very impressive what Bonfim can do. Uh, I think he. I, I don't know. I, I would say he's the better of the brother. It's, it's easy to say after the other brother just lost, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, looking at his regional fights, his fights before the UFC, these guys had decent records, and he he took care of them accordingly. First round, Dars. He's been in the third round before, so. Um. I think he gets it done at some point. I think he submits Trevor Giles by uh, rear naked, Von Fluch, some kind of choke of some sort. And that's my uh, that's my bet. It's my pick. And uh, I'm going to hammer it. That might be my gold star bet of the day, the sub. I think that gold is uh, – yeah. I, I just think that's a, a big, big, nice uh, number to get that at when a guy has 11 of his 14 fights and finished by submission. And he's fighting yeah. a guy who kind of likes to grapple and really doesn't like to strike, so it just kind even of even panic ra- grapples. Sometimes, yeah, you know? and he's going to get caught in something. That's that's my. I could see him maybe getting chipped and then him going fuck this and then going in on a takedown and getting guillotined or something like that. So yep, yeah, I like the submission bet. How about Derek Lewis? Kind of buried here on the prelims. Uh, a guy who formerly used to be a main event uh, mainstay on those uh, fight nights. They loved using this guy, but. He has uh, his career has taken a little bit of a downturn uh, of recent. <laughs> you know, uh, was he lost four of his last six? It just uh, you know with wins against Curtis Blades, which was you could argue a fluky sort of uh, finish. Uh, even though he was, I mean, he was, I'm pretty sure he was going to win that. Uh, it was winning that fight at least. Curtis Blades was terrified of him, and rightfully so. He got turned into a lawn chair. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and he's lost to Gon, Tuivasa, Pavlovich, Spivak. Guys who aren't complete bums, uh, you you would you would agree, right? I mean, those are some of the upper level those are of some this. of the better, yeah. And now he's fighting a guy in uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, who, yeah, who is uh, you know a big guy, but minus two fifteen, two thirty for him. I I I mean, I understand it, but like, what is de Lima going to do to him? Is it going to be sort of a uh, grappling uh, sort of uh, approach because these guys are pretty much the same age. They're going to be around the same weight, but Derek Lewis is a four-inch reach advantage, and he's a bigger guy. So, Yeah, I would say how Jerry DeLima's going to have to do what he did in his last fight against Waldo Cortez Acosta. Uh, chip, chip, just chip, chip, chip at those legs. He does really good work to the legs, and I think that's going to yeah, it's going to matter here. Derek Lewis is not checking legs at this stage and uh, checking leg kicks at this stage in his career. He's not. He just isn't going to do it. Um, you know, I think back in the day, a couple of years ago, he smokes him, smokes him. Like Derek Lewis was, is, is, or I don't know if he is or was able to explode from the bottom, right? He, he gets taken down. You can lay on a little bit and then he kind of like 
will go to his belly, give up his back, and just kind of explode, right? He used to do that. I don't know if he still can. It seems like he looks for a way out almost every time, almost every single time. Um, he's just... He's just past it, man. He's just, he's, I mean, the power is the last thing to go. You know, it's cool and all, but, you know, getting, getting taken down six min, six times in three minutes against Sergey Spivak, that's worrying. It's definitely a concern. Um, I don't know if, I, I do know that Hajerio Dalima is not as good as Spivak, but I think Hajerio Dalima can push some cardio or push some uh, wrestling. He got, a, he got, was he three of seven against Waldo Cortez Acosta, who's pretty much a, came, came to the UFC as a boxer, literally as a pro boxer. So, I think it's going to be tough at first to take down Lewis. I think he can stuff some. He's super strong. He's bigger, 6'3", 79-inch reach. Um, so Derek Lewis, I think Derek Lewis is going to have to get him out there quick. And I think it's it's kind of possible, right? I mean, I don't know if Algeria Dolima is um, the best in the world. We've seen him insta-tap a couple times. Uh, against, <laughs> uh, it's funny, he did it against Alexander Romanov. He just went to sleep. He's like, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm not going to Stefan Struve myself or OSP myself. Or I uh, remember he fought Antigulov, Antigulov, whatever his name is. He got guillotined within like 12 seconds. Um, but he does have very good low kicks. I think he can lay and pray-ish. You know, I think he can kind of just neutralize Derek Lewis on the ground. Um, he should, Like I said, he should have a Sergei Spivak path to victory. Uh, he's also never been knocked down in the UFC, Hajario de Lima. So that's interesting. Um, I just think he gets it done here. I think he has multiple paths to victory. I think he can hurt. Derek Lewis also. I think he's more fresh. I know he's the same age, only a couple months younger, but I think he's just much more fresh. I mean, he's won two in a row. Um, he's got, he got Andre Orlovsky out there very early, like he should, and he beat Waldo, Waldo Cortez Acosta in a, a good match, but a, a fight that he won. You know, he, he put Ben Rothwell out of there quick. Look what he's done to some of these guys that are old, past it, and need to be put put out the pasture. Ben Sassoli got him out of there quick, so I know Derek Lewis is different. I get it. But I think this is not the same Black Beast. I, he could put one of those Black Beast Blitz performances up where he just sure. comes out and you. He comes after you and you're like, fuck. Uh, what I was going to do is, is not on the table anymore. Now, now you're lighting up the stars at the, at the lights wondering what happened. I just don't think Derek Lewis has an really He's just looking for ways out. That's all he's doing. You know, the and competition he's fought dude. is. Don't forget about oh that. Oh, my God. Like, I can't, he's going to be I huffing and huffing two minutes into this fight. <laughs> I can't imagine what both of these guys, honestly, are going to yeah. look like after one or two rounds. Hopefully, it doesn't get that far. Um, I mean, I, I, honestly, at that point, anything goes. But I, I don't see it. Uh, how, how does Marcos Algerio de Lima struggle taking him down after you know a couple exchanges or a couple minutes in the ring? I don't think it's going to be hard for him at all. So I got Algerio de Lima inside the distance. I think he smokes him. Not sure how or uh, – I do know why. I'm not sure how, but – uh, minus one thirty. I'll take it. I'll take it with you. Uh, I I I really wanted to stay away from this, but you know what? No, I am going to stay away. I'll let you. I'll let you take that. <laughs> I, I just I don't trust that he doesn't like you said just get blitzed, or like the. I I just don't. I don't trust Derek Lewis. That's the. I never know what version of him is going to show up. And you the got bad minus one thirty. It's usually. I mean, we're hoping the bad one, and it is at elevation, but. Like you said, it's not going to be good for either one of these guys at elevation. These guys are big, large uh, human beings, and big and large. Yeah, big and large, man. That's. uh, I mean, (laughs) I'm trying to see if De Lima has. I mean, he probably has in his career at some point point fought elevation, but it's just. (sighs) 
Uh, all right, I'm gonna stay away from that. You get you get the inside the distance. You have it. Uh, Roman Kopylov, Claudio Ribeiro. Uh, when was the last time Claudio got in there? It was pretty exciting, wasn't it? Uh, ground and pound finish of Joseph Holmes. That didn't do much for uh, all the people out there. After that's right, he got fucking finished. You could say definitely finished by Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, Kopylov, ten and two. His last time out there was a good win against Puna Soriano, and then your uh, cousin Alicio DeCherico, who is uh, not not uh, not active anymore, I believe. I believe he yeah, laid the gun. I believe he laid the gloves in the octagon after that. Laid one. the pasta in the octagon. So yeah, yeah, the gobble, He laid his gobble ghoul down and said, "That's enough." <laughs> but uh, what are the odds here? Uh, I do not have them in front of me. Uh, Minus no. two ten for Mister Kopilov. Jesus. Uh, plus 170, 165 for Claudio. Uh, do you have – I don't like either one of these. I like uh, – I think Kopilov smokes him. I think he finishes him, knocks him out. I mean he only has one fight that hasn't – he hasn't won by uh, TKO. He doesn't go for subs. So I got Roman Kopilov real quick. I'll just pump it out there by uh, – I can't find KO or TKO. Inside the distance, minus 105. I kind of like that. TKO um, is plus 125 here. So I'll take that with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take that. I just think uh, Claudio Romero is just, just, he has good, very good low kicks, very good power. That's it. That's it. I mean, all his wins are by knockout. Um, everything he's done has been inside the distance. I think he's only been through this, he's been out of the first round uh, three times, twice in the UFC and once before the UFC. He went to the fifth round with a uh, 24 and 20 guy. That was right before the contender series. Uh, Kellis Albuquerque. Oh, come on. Ke- Kelfolia. What kind of WWE like four- ass name is that, dude? 41 years old. He just won a fight by illegal strike. So, great. Shout out to Mr. Albuquerque. But, like I said, man, then he fights a guy in the contender series, Yvonne Vett- Valens. I don't think that guy was any good. Um, bam, bam. If your nickname is Bam Bam, you're probably not good. Um, and then he fights Al Halson. Second round starts, he gets smoked. Joseph Holmes, it took him a little bit, but he got he got Joseph Holmes out of there. I think Kapilov's just a, little, a bit different. I think he's low output. He's always been low output in his career, but the last two fights have been different. Uh, the DiRico clo- fight was close until the end, but then that Puna fight, man, was just awesome. He he walked through Puna very easily. Very very impressive performance. Took him down even. Uh, I think he controlled him, not for long, but he outstruck him at distance, 76 to 33. And Puna, Puna is a pretty uh, aggressive fighter, I would say, kind of similar to Claudio Ribeiro. If you look at who Kapilov has fought and had trouble with in his UFC career, it's Duraev, it's Carl Roberson. These guys are a bit, you know, the Carl Roberson sub is definitely a red flag, right? But DiHarico, Duraev, and Roberson are definitely different than Puna and Claudio. They will sit back. They will wait. They like to wrestle a lot. Um, Puna, Puna and Claudio are not trying to do that at all. Um, and Claudio has no cardio coming into this fight, so he fights at elevation. I think he's he's cooked. He is going to be cooked. He's going to have to get him out of there, which I guess could happen. But um, he's bigger than Kapilov, but not by much. So I think, you know, listen, going from Joseph Holmes to Roman Kapilov is a huge difference. Huge difference. Uh, when Kapilov goes for it, man, he's he's pretty. He's got good striking, good boxing. He's got a combat sambo background too in his back pocket just to help him out. I got Kapilov inside the distance here. I think he smokes him TKO round one or round two, and that's all she wrote. I like that. I'm going to take the TKO plus one twenty five as well. We have Jake Matthews 
it was his name the Celtic Kid or whatever the fuck it, it was. Yeah, yeah, the Celtic Kid. That's uh, never made sense to me, but doesn't matter. Uh, Darius Flowers, you know, is a late replacement for Miguel Baeza, who Matthews was supposed to fight. He pulled out with, I am not exactly sure, some sort COVID. of injury. No, COVID. No. Really? I was, I was about to, yeah, yeah we were no, like, oh, okay, wow, that's crazy. But, uh, I, we don't. I mean, we really don't know much about Darius. I know he won a fight on the Contender Series with that breaking that dude's arm or, or shoulder. Fuck, he fucked yeah. that guy up. But uh, the sniper. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of uh, great looking wins uh, or losses. Uh, may that be on the uh, regional scene. He does have a canceled bout with Jay Ellis. A bunch of them. So God damn it. So he was. We we got robbed of that historical bout, which would have been. Him and Jay Ellis getting in there, and as you know, you people know Jay Ellis. Uh, he hasn't been active. Uh, you know the hurricane. The last time we seen him out there was uh, March. He got rear naked choked, but he, you know, he had a boxing match that got canceled. He is now one. He's now sixteen and one hundred and seven. I'm um, one hundred eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. In MMA, Jay Ellis. He's thirty nine. He's running out of time. So. <laughs> Hopefully he gets back in there. I mean, it's been a while. I don't know if they just shut him down and don't let him fight anymore. I, I think they should do that. I think they should shut him down. I don't think that. I don't think that would be the worst idea ever. But he's went to this. <laughs> he's went to the distance four times in a hundred and what? Uh, I believe one hundred fifteen. Yeah, some crazy <laughs> amount of. He's. It's funny. He's got all this all this experience. I guess which isn't even that much experience, considering they, the fights go thirty seconds. But he's fighting one and zero, zero and two, and he's still getting fucking walked through. Like it's just. I mean, what a guy! What a guy, man. Uh, so do you? Uh, what, what are the odds? I guess is the question here. Minus two sixty, two seventy five for Jake Matthews. Darius Flowers is plus two hundred five, two ten. Rightfully so, I would say. Uh, I even wonder why Jake Matthews isn't a bigger favorite on a guy who's kind of making his UFC debut. Uh, but, I mean, I guess Matthews has had some shaky performances. The Semmelsberger one where he got dropped, at, what, four times at least? Uh, yeah. He did not look good in that fight at all. Uh, this is a guy who's either really kill or be killed. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just... My instinct would be to bet at Matthews inside the distance, but I've kind of been getting burnt on a lot of these, so I, I might stay away from this. How crazy Matthews has 17 fights in the UFC. He's only yeah. 28. He's just like a year older than me. He's been fighting uh, for so like, long, man. I can't believe it. I guess, you know, when he... It, he's just um, very inconsistent, man. Very, very inconsistent. Like, you know, he beat the leech, but he also lost to Andrew Holbrook. Uh, he gets Anaconda by Rocco Martin. Then comes out here and you know beats Diego Sanchez pretty easily. Uh, the Andre Fialo fight was awesome. I had him in the fight. He smoked him. Yep. Did really well. Um, he's much more technical, much more experienced. But he has earned the nickname Jake the Flake for a reason, right? So uh, a lot of his wins just aren't really that great. You know, looking back on him. Um, he's never been KO'd. That's for sure. Semmelsberger almost KO'd him 12 times, but... Never been KO'd. Um, I really think if he looks to, to use his wrestling, he should cruise. Cruise here. The problem is, you know, he doesn't always do that. The Fiala fight, he had no interest in doing that, which is fine. I guess he thought he could KO him, but still, you know, somebody with his, as much power as Fialo had, I thought he was going to try to take him down. Didn't look for it against Brady, obviously. Didn't really look for it against Diego Sanchez or that Rostam Achman guy. Like, there's been so many different times he just didn't look for it. Um, and I think this is what he, what he should do. I think Darius Flowers has a wrestling background, but um, I mean, look at all his losses: sub, 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 sub. Like 
He can't grapple defensively at all. He's taking the fight on short notice. He's a he's a big dude. He's very physically imposing, explosive, powerful. But he, he his nickname is Beast Mode. Uh, shout out to Marshawn Lynch. But I think he can be controlled here easily. I just I don't trust Jake Matthews to do. It. I think you know if he did it, he'd probably look minus fifteen hundred. You know if he looked to wrestle, I'm sure he's probably got better cardio too. Bigger. They're both twenty eight. You know, being the same age as somebody and having 17, 16, 17 more UFC fights than him, that's, that's something. So I think that's going to be very telling here. I got Jake Matthews by sub. Not going to bet it because, I don't know, I mean, when's the last time he subbed anybody? Shin, Shinsho Anzai. Yeah. So uh, I'm staying away from this guy. I I do like Jake Matthews in this fight. It just the, the number doesn't make sense to me. It makes me think that they know this is going to be closer than the than it should be. I guess because you would think I, I don't know. I guess I guess I have a little bit. You know, he's finished when he finished Filaho. I he did didn't he look like a, a fucking world beater that night? You're like wow. Yeah. Like he put the brakes. He beat the brakes off him. But then you look and Filaho's taken some L's since then. So. And uh, that, like you said, there, a lot of those wins, other than the the Lee fight the, the, against the Leech, don't really look that great. And even that one is no. just like you know whatever. But uh, inside the distance is minus one fifteen, and him to win uh, what a TKO plus. I really don't know what I like. I'd like to just probably throw him in on a, on a parlay of some sort because I think he wins. I just don't yeah. know really. How? We don't know much or anything about Flowers, which very much concerns me. Oh, it should. I, like you said, you named a couple of these fights that he's lost a lot. You know, he's got four submission losses on his record. I think I will take to nobody's. That. Yeah, to nobody. I think, I think I'm just going to take the sub plus two twenty right. and just. Uh, I fuck with it, hoping he can just do, be smart here. But yeah, who knows? We'll right? See. I mean, maybe he hurts him, and then that guy, like you said, panic wrestles. He gets caught in something that. This uh, that I don't really like that bet if I'm being honest, but I have to take something. Uh, I'm running out of uh, time here. And There's a gun to your head. Yeah, C.J. Vergara and Vinicius Salvador are getting in there. Uh, now this this part of the card is on a different area of my betting website. There it is. Uh, <laughs> minus one fifty five for C.J. Who uh, is as real kind of had a not a up and down, but just a you know you really never know what you're getting from him, man. He. He looks good, and then he loses like a, he gets arm barred, and then he looks good, and then you know he loses to Odie Osborne. It's just a lot of uh, random random wins. You know, Clayton Rodriguez he looked awesome against, and he was a big time underdog in that. Uh, he fights yep. Daniel Lacerda, who uh, you know, like you said, has four straight losses. I think we said that on one of the last episodes. All finish, all finishes, and he's going to get another fight, which is pretty. That's pretty, how good he is. Pretty wild, yeah. He's <laughs> definitely exciting. He's fighting. Edgar Chires. So, you know, and that guy, they're trying to lay him up a victory so that they can kind of have him <laughs> around, basically. And Viniscus, you uh, you didn't like him on the Contender Series. You've never really been a fan of Phenomeno, who there are 17 Phenomenos in the UFC, it seems. But <laughs> so many. He loses a uh, fight to Victor Altamirano, which was an easy uh, bet for you, I believe, uh, which was that. Yeah. That was in March. So I ask you, Ty, do you have anything here? Um... <laughs> I, ugh, I'm very tempted to to, to bet Venezia Salvador. Wow. Um, yeah, I just I can't make CJ Vergara a, a big a favorite or a big favorite against anybody. You know, like even in the Daniel Serra fight, he was struggling very early in the first round. Um, I believe if I go back to that Clayton fight, I could be wrong, but it was kind of tricky early on there too. Yeah, first round, did he get outstruck in the first round? Yeah, doubled up. 
So it seems like he takes the first round off a lot of times. I know that, you know, um, the way to beat Salvador is probably taking him down. Uh, he has a black belt with the Hebos family. He's been training in the mountains, like I said. So I think he's trying to work on things. So he's a bit different than Claudio Romero, uh, where I think he has made some improvements. He's only 27. The Alta Murano fight, um, yeah, he lost, but he he, he did okay. I mean, three of 22 on takedowns, Alta Murano. That's that's a that's a hard pace to push, and you know they're both. Uh, Salvador is very, um, you know, he he, he uh, very exciting. I guess he 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 wastes some movements. He dumps his gas tank. He even got a takedown of his own against Alta Murano, I think, in the second round, um, and he did okay pretty much when it was on the feet. He did he did decent. Uh, CJ Vergara, zero takedowns in his UFC career. That's the way to to beat Salvador, and that's you know. That's something he doesn't have. Um, pretty good boxer, CJ is. He's pretty much known for his cardio. He's known for being a comeback king. Uh, he's, he's produced as an underdog multiple times, takes over late. Um, and I can Bruno see that Correa. happen in this one, by the way. Yeah, he has good power. He knocked Bruno Correa down twice, um, but he also got dropped by Daniel Lacerda twice. Uh, he also almost got subbed by Daniel Lacerda. Uh, Tatsuro Tyra, you know, pretty much insta-tapped him. Um, I just have a lot of questions about CJ Vergara. Uh, Lacerda, or I should say Salvador is bigger, younger, longer reach. I'm going to go Vinicius Salvador money line. I'm with you. Um, I kind of want to take him inside the distance, but I'm just going to take his money line because I, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in this fight. Like if he took CJ Vergara down, I'd be like, sure, why not? Or if he subbed him, I'd be like, yeah, I guess I could see that. You know, he'll, he pretty much only has KOs, but he does have one sub for what it's worth. I know it's a long time ago. I can't even find it. It might have been his first pro fight. Um, but CJ Vergara is, I, I just think he's got a low volume, low ceiling. Low, low ceiling. He's got good cardio. Again, take I mean, a shot, you know, too. That's why I, I don't want to yeah. take that inside the distance. Right. Uh, you know, at elevation, you have a guy with good cardio against a guy who doesn't. That sucks, right? Vinicius Salvador, it took him a while to get Shannon Ross out of there, and he was even eating some shots from him, but mm-hmm. also, he put him out bad. Bad. Like, he <laughs> might have he might have set up the rest of Shannon Ross's uh, career. Yeah, the Turkish delight. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a strong play, but I have, to, I have to go with the dog, and I think he's a pretty solid underdog here. I'm going to go Vinicius de Almeida Salvador. Uh, this seems like one of those fights where I'm just taking the underdog. It's very right yeah. down the middle. But I, I, I do like I do just like the matchup with Salvador kind of winning a decision. I could see him winning a decision. I just won't, don't trust it enough to take that bet. But yeah. Uh, how about we go Matt Semmelsberger and Euros Medic, uh, who this is an Alaskan legend, I believe, Euros, <laughs> who is not born, was not born in Alaska. But he now fights out of Anchorage, Alaska, which is always a red flag for me. Uh, he's from Serbia. Actually, not true. Not true. He trains out of uh, Kings of Amena. So, oh, well, um, he, he's away from his comfort zone. Thank you. Comfort zone. Thank you for telling me because that would have been an insta fade, <laughs> as we would like to say. Well, here. it still should be an insta fade. However, at least he got out of his comfort zone, right? He's a big boy for 155. So moving up, uh, not not as much of an issue as I thought. He's I didn't realize how big he was. 6'1", 71-inch reach. Uh, Semmelsberger, 6'1", 75. They're both 30. Um, I just, um, I, you know, I've also apparently, this is, you know, I don't, this is unconfirmed. Apparently, Euros Medici is coming into this fight with an injury. Um, looking back on his Instagram in March, he was in a cast. 
He had a hand, apparently he had a hand injury that he tried to rush back from, re-aggravated, had to get surgery. That's an issue. I, I, I see you in a cast in March and then you're fighting in July against, you know, somebody like Matthew Semmelsberger. Um, that's going to be a fucking tough fight for anybody. Jeremiah Wells, he, you know, I thought he was going to cruise through him. He did not. Alex Morano did not. Jake Matthews, it was tough. Um, Martin Sano went a tough, long 15 seconds, you know. Um, Semi the Jedi, I think he's, uh, I think his off- offensive wrestling should work here. Uh, it's not something he necessarily goes to or uses much, but I think it's, it's something that should work. Um, I don't know what Medich's cardio is going to look like. Short notice, moving up in uh, elevation. Semmelsberger, king of knockdowns. He's got six in his last three fights. Um, I think he has like nine altogether. His UFC career, fucking nuts. Like pretty much averages a knockdown per fight. Takedown accuracy is pretty good, 70%. Uh, I know Wells took him down a bunch of times. Wells is a huge power grappler. He yeah. took down Matthews three times. Uh, he even took down AJ Fletcher, who that's, that's pretty much all AJ Fletcher does. Took him down a couple times. So I think Summersberg can mix it up a little bit. I have issues with Midich defensively and just after the first round, like a lot, just in general with his overall game. I think you know Jalen Turner smoked him. Uh, I think Summersberger hits hard too, maybe harder than Jalen Turner. So yeah, this is going to be a rude, uh, rude awakening. Rude welcoming to the welterweight division for Mr. Medici. I'm going Semmelsberger inside the distance. I want to go TKO, uh, but I'm, I'm just going to go inside the distance. You're getting Semmelsberger plus 100 on here. Um, you should just go KO, TKO. TKO is plus 150. Yeah, solid. Send it. All right. I like that. TKO plus 150. Uh, I mean, Semmelsberger's not a submission guy, right? I mean, never. Does he have any on his record? One. And who is that against? Probably somebody uh, was it a while ago or was it recent? Uh, he had a heel hook in his second pro fight against uh, Brian Maxwell. I believe he played for the Rockets one time. No, come on. No way. <laughs> Brian Maxwell. Oh, my God. I knew his name sounded familiar. He's on. <laughs> He fought Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, to a draw on the Mayweather Jake Paul on their card. I knew well, that's there, where that name sounded from. There you go. I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna take Semmelsberger uh <laughs> TKO as well. So because I am not gonna bet a guy who only has a heel hook. If he submits this guy, I'll, I'll actually want to commit the big one. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna do one. I'm not gonna do that. Uh Semmelsberger plus one fifty. <laughs> TKO, and now we have one more fight, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about. The big one. It is the only female fight on the entire card, which is actually insane. Thank God if you're it, Mac. He hates they're females. getting it out of the way. That's not true. And they're getting it out of the way immediately. Miranda Maverick, Priscilla <laughs> Cachuera. If you're going to start a fight with a female fight, or start a card with a female fight, you need Priscilla Cachuera in there, because she is the geez, the definition of kill or be killed. She will break every rule in the book. In order to try and win, she's dirty, and uh, that's uh, that's all I have to say about that. Pretty much. Uh, let's see the line yeah. though. We have minus two eighty for Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Cachuera, who has about five minutes in her. Is it plus two thirty five, two twenty? I don't trust Miranda Maverick after some of these recent, uh, you know, especially a loss to Jasmine Joe's the Vicious, where she got dominated, where that that she looked like a prime Habib in that fight. <laughs> Uh, a wins against Sabina Mazo, Shanna Young, not really don't do much for me either. And she should have beat Macy Barber, but uh, that, that we still argue about that till this day. 
I don't like anything here. I think I'm going to stay away. I think she should submit Priscilla Cachoeira pretty easily. I don't think she, I don't know if she will, so I'm not going to take that. Um, I know she submitted Sabina Mazza, but she hasn't done anything besides that. Her, her win against Jillian Robertson I did like, but Jillian Robertson had moved down after that. Um, uh, I think her fight against Jasmine was uh, more telling for Jasmine. I think we we underrated Jasmine. I think that's pretty much what happened. It was a bad look, but. Um, Jasmine looked good, so I, I, you know, I don't want to take too much away from Miranda Maverick. This is short notice. She's stepping in for Joanne. Don't call me Connor Wood. Um, Miranda Maverick is well-rounded and technical, but kind of low volume. Doesn't won't really scare or hurt you. Um, the problem is, you know, she also has good length. I think she has a longer reach than Priscilla, despite being four inches shorter. The problem with Priscilla Cachoeira is she'll just get taken down and laid on for the entirety of the round or the fight. I mean, Jillian Robertson took her down. That was it. It took her until the very end of the round to, to get her in that rear naked choke. I had her in that. But she she did it, you know. Um, when she fought Luana Carolina, Luana Carolina had some time, uh, had some control time, had a couple sub- submission attempts, if I remember correctly. Uh, Molly McCann. Molly McCann took Priscilla Cachoeira down. Like, that's yeah. just an issue here. I, I don't see how Miranda Maverick doesn't take her down. I think it's going to be a little bit of an issue when they're standing up. Priscilla has that, you know, first round KO power that not many women have. Uh, Shannon Dobson got her out of there in a minute. Ariane Lipsky almost a minute. Um, Gina Mazzani in the second round, your girl. So hmm. Priscilla has good power, and she just I stand with you. Know, she's a dog. <laughs> she has. She's awkward too. She's an awkward fighter, and she's won as a dog before. But she gets taken down so easily, can't really work her way back up. I think Miranda Maverick wins every round. Um, just by controlling her and you know landing shots on the ground, it should just be easy. Uh, I know this is, this is a bounce back spot for her. It's it's tough because if I start standing, but I, I, I how do you not just time a takedown perfectly against Priscilla Cachoeira? You know, so I think that's how what she does and how she does it should be easy. But nothing's ever really easy with Miranda Maverick. So I'm gonna stay away. I'm gonna go inside the distance. I really uh, don't didn't want to bet this, but. Into the distance, kind of plus after, right? Good matchup. Plus one forty. Uh, I don't trust that she doesn't like get her down and just start punching her. I really would like to take sub. That's like that's the actual play that I'd like to. But I'm trying to be safe here uh, with too many uh, inside the distance already on the card. Plus one forty. So uh, that is UFC two ninety one. We have a look. We are not done now, though, ladies and gentlemen. We have a big time boxing event to talk about, and that is Errol Spence. And Terrence Crawford. Uh, oh, baby, the fight of the century that, but... is what they are uh, is what they're saying about this guy. Oh, uh, this fight. That's what the name of this fight is going to be. The fight of the century. I believe it. Um, a little bit too late, in my opinion. They're they're in their thirties, um, and I think both of them have. You know, they've lost a little bit of their athleticism. They've lost a little bit of their defensive prowess. Uh, we saw in Errol Spence's last fight, he got hurt. By um, your Dennis Ugas, we don't really. He's got a great poker face. This time we didn't see that. He, he did, uh, you know, rebound well from that and ended up finishing him. He uh, Errol Spence likes to shut people's eyes. That's what he does. He likes to take people's orbital bones home with him. The Kel Brook fight absolutely just destroyed him. Same with Chris Al- Chris Algieri. Um, the Sean Porter fight was close. Uh, the Danny Garcia fight was not that close, but kind of close. So. His last three fights, Spence has been hit more than we've seen uh, ever. But you can also say the same about Terrence Crawford when he fought Me Machine, 
Kavalowskis. He was getting hit. Um, uh, when he fought, I'm trying to think of who else he, back in the day when he fought Gamboa, he was getting hit. The Sean Porter fight was good. Uh, I mean, he got him out of there. So I think, you know, Terrence Crawford's awkward. He, um, he, he throws punches from different angles, very crafty on offense. I think he's, he can create some problems for Errol Spence for sure. Um, but if he doesn't drop Errol Spence at all, I don't think he wins this fight. Like, I think he's going to have to steal some rounds by dropping him or finishing him, obviously. Um, cause if it's, if it's just straight up boxing at distance or, or, or whatever, I think, I think Spence wins. I think Spence is much more active. He usually throws 50 or 60 punches around while Crawford's in the thirties. Um, especially early in, in, in the, in the fight. Um, Crawford has stopped pretty much everybody that he's fought at 147, but you know, what happens if he doesn't? I, I, I think he's pretty much, I don't think he's, I don't think he's finisher bust, but I think he kind of is. Um, it, they're, they're very different styles too. Um, Crawford's like a hot tempered guy, you know, Spence knows when to take his foot off or on the gas pedal. Um, Crawford, he gets hit, he, he immediately wants to hit you right back, which it can work, but also cannot work. It can be, you know, go to his detriment. I could see him getting hit hard here in this fight. Um, he's also the closer, it seems like Terrence Crawford is. So, you know, everybody's doing well against Terrence Crawford. Until they're not. Errol Spence is a bit different. He's more calculated. He'll go to the body. He'll rip the body much more than Terrence Crawford. I think that's, that's going to win him the fight, uh, Errol Spence. I think he's going to go to the body. I think he's going to start hot, and um, I just think he has a structural advantage in winning rounds. Honestly, I think that's what he's done his whole career. He's pretty much shut guys out for large parts of his career. I know the Sean Porter fight was close, but it shouldn't have been a split, I don't think. And the Danny Garcia fight was kind of close as well. Um, Kell Brook was doing well until he got uh, you know his eyes shut. But uh, you know, seeing Spence as the underdog. I've always thought he's the best boxer in, the, in, in, in boxing. I always thought he was the best welterweight. Crawford moving up doesn't change that to me, though. The one thing that does kind of concern me about Spence, he has to move up after this fight, pretty much. He's, he's talked about how this weight cut is bad for him. And a couple of years ago, I remember there was a video. They were, like, arguing with each other. They were kind of having, like, some friendly banter. And Crawford said, you know, when I stop this guy, everyone's going to say he was weak and he's not. he can't fight at 147 anymore. Now we have... Spence coming out and saying, yeah, I can't really do this anymore. It's, it's tough on my body. I'm not the 27-year-old I once was. So that's kind of an issue, right? You know, there's a big difference between welterweight and, and super welterweight or junior middleweight, as they call it, for 154. Like, I, I, I could kind of see Spence losing this fight and then say, I'm done with 147 and moving up. Uh, he said he wants this, if there is a rematch, he wants it to be at 154. So I think that could be a potential uh, – a wrinkle in this fight. If, if Crawford hurts him, it's going to be due to Spence being drained and also his defensive issues that have uh, matriculated over the last couple of years. Sp- Crawford is, you know, power's lasting to go and he's 35. That, that kind of does worry me. He's been more active than Spence. Spence has been in a couple of car accidents. Um, but he's got Derek James on his side, trainer of the year last year, could be a trainer of the year this year. He's training with Garcia, Joshua, a bunch of other guys. I got Errol Spence to win a 7-5, to 8-4 to four unanimous decision. I like Spence plus money to win a decision. I, I think it's plus 225. Yeah, by decision or technical decision. 225, Errol Spence, send it to the bank. 
I'm kind of with you. I think the even the what's the money line? Is he the favorite? I want to say plus one twenty. I think he is the underdog slightly still. He's been the underdog the entire time, which I yeah I, I just don't really get it. Like I he's he's younger. I know he hasn't been as active, but this is his division. You know, Terrence Crawford has not been a one forty seven guy his whole career. I know he's he's pretty much he stopped everybody at one forty seven that he's fought. Mean Machine, Kell Brook, Sean Porter, David and uh, Avanesian. Uh, did he fight Amir Khan at one forty seven? I don't believe he did. Yeah, he did. Um, did he fight Benavidez at 147? He did. Jeff Horn, I, it should have been at 147, yeah. Uh, Ndongo was at 147, it was not. So, he, the guys he's fought at 147, I don't want to take too much away from them, but, you know, Jeff Horn, Jose, Benav- Jose Benavidez Jr., and Me Machine, not great guys. It took him, you know, nine, nine rounds at least to finish all three of them. Um, six rounds to finish Avanesian. So, you know... I really think that's the, you know, that's the biggest, the, the biggest X factor for me is, is going to be each guy's chin. Who can eat uh, the other fighter's biggest punches? Who can take it and walk through it and maybe answer with his own? I think that's probably Crawford, but I think Spence is, is better defensively. I, you know, he's been, like I said, he has been tested more times than usual, but I think he's the defensive sound, defensively sound fighter. Um, I think he has, I, I like his style more. Uh, I think he's stronger, bigger. Um, I think he's. I think he's going to win the early rounds. I think the early rounds are going to go to Spence, and you know, middle to late. If he doesn't get dropped, I think he's going to be safe. I think he's going to be safe. But uh, I, I could see it going a couple different ways. You know, I, I could see Spence hurting Crawford in the body. I don't see why not. I know Crawford has this like aura of being invincible, but you know, he hasn't fought somebody like Errol Spence yet. Just like Errol Spence hasn't fought somebody like him. So. It's going to be a fucking great, great fight. I think it still should be. I know they're older, but I still think it should be a great fight. I'm excited. I'm going Errol Spence, too. I, I just, some, like you said, I always, I tend to just like to bet the younger guy anyway, but right. I just, I've always been impressed by, like you said, his kind of defense, and I think he's going to be the quicker guy, right? I mean, he's he's very... He should be. Uh, should I mean, be. Crawford you never know. Will, will throw from weird angles and, and whatnot, but... Um, Spence is so technical, so technical. I mean, this is a guy who probably should have won gold or at least silver uh, at the Olympics in 2014, 12, 2012, I think. I remember watching watching the uh, USA team. It was Terrell Gaucher, who's won a belt at middleweight, or uh, um, uh, light heavyweight, I think. Um, it was Spence, and it was, who's the third American? I can't think of it. Marcus Brown, who fought at, uh, he fought at light heavyweight, and uh, Gauthier fought at middleweight. All three of them have had very, very good success in their career. And Spence was robbed in the bronze medal match, I believe. Could have that wrong. Could, it might not even be for him. He was robbed in the Olympics. Olympic boxing is just a joke. I remember yeah. Roy Jones literally beat the piss out of this Jap- this Asian fellow. I don't know if he's Japanese or Chinese or Korean. Um, I forget. He beat the piss out of him, and the refs gave the fight to him. And Roy Jones didn't get, didn't get a gold medal even though he literally knocked this guy down like four times. Uh, so, you know, that's a joke, but Spence has, has been ready for this moment. He's been, you know, building up his entire career for this legacy fight, same as Crawford, but Crawford's chasing him. It's not the other way around. Uh, anything else we should be uh, of note the this weekend overall? Well, Nodino Donair, who put on one of the best performances against Naya Inoue, is going to be on this card as well. Isak Cruz who put on one of the best performances against Gervonta Tank Davis and has won two straight, is going to be in the co-main. 
Um, Steven Nelson, not the former Eagles corner, will also be on this card. Pretty good prospect. Um, so it should be a pretty good card for what it's worth. I know people aren't going to watch it because of the UFC, but um, what's it on? Showtime, I think. Showtime, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So uh, it starts at 8, it says, the entire card, I guess. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully these prelims fly by. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't think there's uh, much. I, this is the weekend that we believe. This is the weekend. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to miss weigh-ins, but I think we should be fine. You know, unless somebody comes into the scale, you know, breaking the scale like Derek Lewis. I don't know. Also, oh, fun fact about Derek Lewis. I forgot to mention this. He, uh, what he said? He said he had to cut 25 pounds in three days before the Spivak fight and felt like he had to die. I did felt like that. he was going to die. Yeah, that's insta-fate. As <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, we have Risen, Bellator, Crossover. I know we don't like... You know, we're a UFC pod over here, but it's it's cool to see other promotions cross cross promote. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, uh, it's it, you know, Magomed Magomedov and Danny Sabatello was fun. Uh, it was supposed to be AJ McKee and Patricky Pitbull. Now it's Patricky Pitbull and Roberto De Souza, who's awesome. Um, so that should be a fun card. I think that starts more. It's that's that's oh, man. That starts late Saturday, at 11 p.m. That's when it goes till 3 a.m. I mean. If they think they're getting viewers, you know, good luck. What time is it in Japan there? Like at that time, I mean, I'm not sure. That the, I mean, maybe that's an afternoon card for them. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I really have no idea, and I don't. I'm, to to be truthfully honest, don't even care. So I don't even know why I asked. But uh, maybe I'll be tuned in. Maybe I won't. That might be. That's a little. That might be a little too late for the boy, but. Uh, Maybe if there's not in between fights, we're like, yeah, let's see what uh, you know, Pitbull's doing. Yeah, exactly. And you look and you're like, wait, who's fighting? You're like, oh, they have four more fights until the Pitbull fight. Okay, I'm going to go to bed then. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, like you said, man, a hu- Saturday is going to be awesome. There, If you are a combat sports fan and hopefully you have nothing to do because that's the best time to watch these fights is when you have nothing to do. Or maybe you have a bunch of friends you- who think the same way and you're going to have yeah. you know 30 people in there watching – seven different TVs of all the combat sports that are going on. Either way, I hope everyone out there has a great time, man, because I know I will. I'll be enjoying the, the UFC. Absolutely. I'll be enjoying this Spence Crawford fight. Uh, the mean, THC. You know, the T- maybe, uh, you know, some, some fucking uh, Miller lights, some MLs are going to go down. Some uh, Miller highlights. Yeah. Uh, whoever's willing to uh, pay me to sponsor them, I will drink your beverage. Please, Surfside, there is also still opportunities here to sponsor on this podcast but that is it ladies and gentlemen that is the shoulder strikes mma podcast brought to you by the hot take hot box i am matt mcsweeney i am ty capone and as always ladies and gentlemen please make sure to set a wager limit before you go in this weekend and bet responsibly and do not bet on Derek lewis